how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about tech news, science news, any other kind of news that we're interested in talking about. I am historian Matt. I do like to talk about tech stuff and science stuff. Um, I've been talking about security recently, and this this week's not going to be much different. I have a my first story is Google rolls out passwordless logins with passkeys. I'll talk about what those are and how they work and some of the controversy behind it. And then on my green energy side, which I like to talk about, of uh, the EU allows combustion cars only if and only if they use synthetic gas. That's in the future, 2035, they're banning all combustion cars otherwise. So all here so you with the pink hat i am hk perrin i'm a software engineer so i usually talk about software engineering news but this week i'm uh stealing a little bit of uh, matt's thunder and i'm talking about ai news uh stability ai released a new open source 7 billion parameter language model for their stable lm ai so i want to talk a little bit about that and how having a model on, with only 7 billion parameters compares to like a model like uh, like ChatGPT3, which has more like 160 billion parameters or something like that. So uh, that'll be my segment. And then over to you with the gray hat, the tinfoil hat. The tinfoil hat. This is the best hat. Um, but my segments aren't about this hat. I'm Dave. I'm the producer of this show and all the other shows here at Echoplex Media. Uh, make sure you check those out or don't. Um, I have two stories, and neither of them are about Elon Musk. Um, one of them is about uh, the Something Awful community scrambling as Imgur. Uh, there's an image purge looming. And then we have Discord is moving to more standard handles, and some people don't like it. So uh, those are my stories, and I'm sticking to them. Uh, back to Matt. All right. So my first story Google rolls out passwordless logins with passkeys. What are passkeys? They are key pairs used to log into various places. And basically what, what happens is you give a public key to whatever site you're trying to log into and you keep a private key securely on your device. Uh, that securely part is doing a lot of work. We'll talk, probably talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then uh, you can use it to basically authenticate yourself and log into different websites and other services, whatever supports it. Uh, exactly how you generate the pass keys and use them kind of depends on the device. So I don't want to go into too much detail because all these devices, whether you're on a phone or a computer or laptop, all of them can have different methods for producing them and, and uh, connecting them to whatever service. But they're, even though it sounds like there's a lot going on there, they're generally standardized and can work. There's some websites that are currently supporting them. This is basically Google. Google is supporting them now. Uh, if you have the Pixel Seven phone, like I do, the, you should already have it. You should already have a uh, pass key on it. It automatically generates one for you. And I checked, and I have one already. That's not being used, <laughs> so I might. I don't know when I'm going to try it out. But finally, uh, I have a link to a Google site where you can check to see if you have any generated at Google. Um, if you have pixel seven should have it, or you can, I think on that particular page, uh, it's, uh, you can, um, generate one, even if you don't have a pixel seven, check it out. They'll be in the show notes. What do you guys think about this new security method? Have you guys heard about it? I've been following it at all. So, um, <laughs> uh -oh. if you use a password manager, uh, yeah. and you use it correctly, and you give a different password to every website, then there is literally zero benefit to using pass keys. And if you're using the same pass key in multiple places, then it's actually worse than using a password manager. Uh, I mean, it's a, a public private key pair. Mm -hmm. And so you should be, I, I assume that you should be reusing it on different websites. It's not, it doesn't really work like a password per se. Yeah. Um, and what happens if your private key gets leaked? Well, that's the issue, right? What mm -hmm. happens? Like how secure is that private key? 
And since it's all done in software, as far as I can tell, it's not hardware. Uh, it that seems a little insecure, and you know maybe they figured out how to make it secure or not. I don't. I don't know. So if your private key way, gets leaked, it someone can log into any website that you use that private key on. So unless you're you have a different key pair for every account. No, then, you don't. You don't give the website your private key. You give it a public key. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But unless you use a different public and private key for every account, then if your private key leaks, the person with your private key who's not you can log into any of your accounts. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah, and this so is, this it's is even going to be a matter of having a good password manager. And this is going to be a matter of like, it's not going to be that Google is going to be the reason people's key gets out there. It's going to be that people are this is a new system that people aren't necessarily going to understand and i think mm-hmm. some people are going to think that they need to give like people are going to get tricked into giving people their private key yeah well i don't know if you can huh. is the thing like i think it's generated and it's supposed to be held securely on your machine so if somebody else actually has access to your machine they're not able to get the private key i don't know how accurate that is or not that's why i said like the securely thing and what i said earlier was doing a lot of work it really depends on how securely they can hold that private key if you can back it up then it can leave your device and if you can't back it up then losing your device means you lose access to every one of your accounts yeah i mean that's why you're supposed to uh it's it's per device uh these keys not per person Right. That makes sense. So yeah, you so if you lose your, your device, like this your... is worse than a password manager in basically every way. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think that this might even be one of those things that they end up not doing or they start to do and then don't do because I'm telling you, this is going to freak people out. They're not going to understand it. And yeah, it's like, if people don't understand something, they're going to tend not to use it. Um, I don't, I don't think, you know, that's the worst idea, but I also am starting to like, I'm starting to wonder, like, I have a six year old phone. (laughs) Is this going, (laughs) is my, is this going to work on my phone? Right. Yeah, Uh, this is, uh, I, I understand the idea and I really do like the idea, but I just don't think that there's a way to implement this that makes sense for every user so like for some users this is great and i think for some users this certainly will replace passwords largely uh but i don't think it will work for every user and i think having a good password manager is better in almost every use case than this right like being able to go being like i'm somewhere i don't have i don't have my i don't have my laptop and my phone something's up with my phone and i can't get into like something i have a password manager i can just grab anybody's device open a download a browser they don't use install my password manager and assuming that whatever's broken on my phone doesn't stop me from using uh authy to authenticate for the second factor I can still get into my stuff and it's totally secure because I'm the only, again, the only password I have to know is the absurd password that I use for my password manager to get into that. And so I wonder like what happens when you lose your phone? I I don't, I'm just confused and we'll see how it rolls out. Maybe, you know, I mean, they may have some smart people working on this and they may roll it out in a very elegant way that none of us are, that none of us had anticipated. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think this is uh, this is a good idea for some use cases. So the fact yeah. that they're trying to roll it out to, to like everyone uh, I think is the wrong approach. I think a smart way to roll it out might be to have it opt in for uh, people who are like on uh, like enterprise, like at my Echo at Echoplex Media account that I pay for that. And so those are going to be like more sophisticated Google users broadly and like organizations that might, might tend to have um, people around to either help, or they might just be more technically inclined people or people who use Google more. 
I think it would be really smart for them to roll that out, opt in for their Google suite users first and see what happens there. <laughs> like that, that would be a smart way to do it. I think. And I think a lot of the media uh, reporting around this doesn't talk about all of the problems that it has. They only talk about like, oh, it's going to end passwords. We won't have to remember passwords anymore. And it's like, it, it may have that effect, but it also has a lot of bad effects that no one seems to be talking about or addressing. Yeah. And the other thing is like... <clears throat> You're there's you're still gonna have like some kind of backup password or something to get you in to your <laughs> like you know what I'm saying there's that yep. you know like I just went through I do it every year I went through and printed out you know those emergency recovery codes for mm -hmm. for all my Google accounts I just went through and printed that because I do that every year and so you're still gonna have those like you know what I'm saying there's still going to be a way to get yep. in without without this public private key handshake. And as soon as you have a way to get in without it, now it's not now it's not as secure as it's advertised, and it's just going to confuse most most users. Like most, I don't the words maybe unsophisticated might be the wrong words. It's going to confuse non power users, right? It's going to confuse yep. average everyday people that just want to read their email. Yeah, even if they don't have to do anything, they're still going to be confused by it. <laughs> I'm a little confused by it. And I have several Google accounts. One of them is a G Suite. No, two of them are G Suite accounts. And I, I like know how this works. And I just, based on Google's track record, they're not going to implement. If it'll be surprising to me if they implement this in an elegant way, where they kind of <laughs> hold people's hand through the process and explain to them what's going on, um, because people are going to be, well, what do you mean? I don't have a password. People are going to think it's insecure yeah. just because they don't have a password. Even if their password was monkey and they're like, but I used an O uh, or zero instead of the O. Nobody's ever going to guess that. The, those <laughs> are the people that are going to be the most confused by this. And those are the people who need this the most. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but like the more sophisticated users are already like, you, you know, you're on Bitwarden. I'm unfortunately still on a password manager that I really need to get off of. But it's just I have so many people like in the organization on that password manager that I'm not going to migrate it. And but we're the ones who are going to understand this, but we don't need it. Yeah. Like and the other thing is this is a single factor now. Yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing is like, again, if if that one thing leaks, that's all someone would need to to log into your account unless you also have two factor. And then if you have two factor on, on your account, like this really doesn't give you any benefit at all. Right. Because you, if it's, if your phone still is still punching if, in a code, if your phone is where the key is and somebody has your phone and your phone is also where they're doing the second factor, be it, be it the <laughs> dumb way through text or via like Authy or Google authenticator or Bitwarden's authenticator. Well, they were able to get into your phone to get to the, to get to your Gmail account. They certainly have access to your authenticator. So it's like a single point yeah. of failure. And I mean, I guess because it's not going to ask for a password to send the key because then it's just a password, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, whereas if you have your password manager, even if somebody gets my phone, they can't get those passwords. Every time you open my password manager on my phone, it's like put in the pin. And well, then, the yeah, or is, for mine, it does face ID. The The issue with uh, password managers is if they get your, they get your password to your password manager, you're screwed. Yeah, that's, you yeah, but like if, other if they get your factors. private key, you're screwed. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm better, better Google than Facebook doing this, I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> And yeah, better, Google it would be better Facebook than Twitter doing this, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Although Elon, Elon Musk would charge, would be like Twitter blue users can use our crappy new, uh, authentication system. He'd be like, Oh great. Another reason not to, not to give that guy money. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm less skeptical than, than, than HK is, but not by much. And uh, Matt, um, me and HK kind of took kind of took over. What's your take on this? Do you think this is a good thing? Because you're the one who presented the story. Maybe your opinion matters here too. Yeah, I, I think I'm not quite as skeptical as you guys are, though I am skeptical about how secure they can keep the the private key uh, to some extent. But it's very similar to how um, 
from what I can tell, how security keys work, which are the hardware keys that you can use that are extremely secure. Uh, the, I mean, the biggest differences are basically, seems like they're implementing the same uh, you know, interface in software instead of with hardware keys. So the hardware keys are more secure because that's all hardware and you can't get access to it. But, uh, and they do a lot of stuff to make those super, uh, super safe. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to keep my eye on it basically. And really just see like if people are finding a, a bunch of security flaws in it or if they've actually worked it out. I know they've been working on this for years. So I assume they've, uh, probably been hitting it pretty hard on trying to, you know, hack it, break into the private keys. And I'm guessing if they're releasing it, they got to a point where they're pretty confident and it's in the uh, security, but we'll see. I'm not going to start using it for anything important right off the bat. <laughs> if I could give my unsolicited advice as someone who cosplays as a security expert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the best, like the best practices that I would, I would say everyone should be doing is Use a password manager. That password manager, the password to get in it should be a password you don't use anywhere else. That you've never used. Yeah, you've never used that password anywhere else. It shouldn't even be uh, similar to a password you've ever used anywhere else. Correct. Uh, and that password manager should be should have all your passwords, just individually generated passwords that aren't shared among any other accounts. The password manager should generate them for you. It should remember them for you. And you should only use it in that one spot. And then anywhere that does offer two-factor authentication, something like TOTP authentication, which is a lot more secure than the SMS two-factor authentication, uh, sign up for that. Scan the little barcode in an app like Authy or Google Authenticator or Microsoft Authenticator. Scan the little barcode. You know, Set up your accounts with their... They generate little six-digit numbers that change every 30 seconds. And then with that, you are basically unhackable uh, in terms of like your passwords. So if someone breaks into your password manager, which they shouldn't be able to do because you're not using that password anywhere else. But if someone does, uh, they still don't have your two-factor codes. And if someone gets your two-factor codes, they still don't have your password manager and if someone gets both then you're just you're fucking around so you've you've, or you've been targeted then. by a state <laughs> like intelligence organization <laughs> yeah. and you shouldn't feel too bad about it like you've been targeted by a professional if you know what i'm saying yeah at that point the you know having pass keys isn't going to help you at that point right and not for nothing some of the some of the um password or some of the password managers offer an authenticator use a one that is discreet from your password manager like if you're using the uh the, oh, yeah. the authenticator like if you're using LastPass, don't use their authenticator use the google authenticator yep yeah like you don't want your you don't want your password manager to also be your two-factor because then it's just yeah. one factor uh, i want to throw in there that for your password manager It'd be nice also if you set up two-factor authentication on your password uh, yes. manager with oh, yeah, Authy, sure. like some authentication, or the gold standard is security key, something like YubiKey to set it up. But they should be set up so that they would only ask you for the second factor if you're logging on from a device it does not uh, recognize or from a location it doesn't recognize. Very nice. And then if you ever do get hacked, uh, don't just change your password, but if they offer the, the ability to revoke all of the current access tokens or the current authentication yeah. tokens, do that. Revoke all of your current login tokens, whatever they call them, uh, and then change your password. Do, do both of those things. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we'll see how, uh, we'll see how this goes, Matt. Uh, what else second? you got for us? <laughs> my second topic, which also is another one I'm, I think we're going to discuss a little bit about, probably not quite as long, but uh, the EU, Euro European Union, allows will allow combustion cars if and only if they use synthetic gas in the year 2035, which <laughs> still is not in my uh, 
uh, title here, but uh, basically in the year, to rephrase that, the, the EU is banning all gas-powered cars by 2035 unless the gas comes from synthetic fuel, uh, something that's, you know, synthetic fuel that's actually generated from captured carbon and green energy. I assume capturing the carbon also is uses uh, green energy to capture it. But um, so I have a link to article in Ars Technica where they talk about it, but the basically, and this is from another source as well that I didn't link to, but the math just does not work out for these uh, e-fuels and synthetic fuels. The uh, To just go over some, some of it, the energy losses from generating the green energy just to begin with, so either solar or wind or nuclear, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, there's energy losses there. You, you don't capture all of the energy. Uh, capturing carbon is, of course, like uses energy to, you know, recapture all the, the CO2 that's been released into the air, either directly from the air or from, from sources like, you know, coal-powered generators or um, wherever else, gas generators or whatever. Then you got to take all that and use energy to convert that carbon into some sort of fuel, the gas or, you know, gasoline or um, natural gas or whatever you want to do it. And then finally, there's final energy losses in the actual engine. A internal combustion engine is, I think, like at max 40% efficient. So 40% of the energy, the chemical energy that's in the gas is actually turned into forward momentum in your car, basically. So uh, all that combined together, uh, again, it's this is not in this article, but I heard it from somewhere else. I couldn't find a, a good source for it to, to link to, but I did hear this from a different source at some point. But the synthetic gas, the synthetic gasoline, may cost as much as 10 times the price of current gasoline that's generated from fossil fuel. So what do you guys think about e-gas, e-fuels, and do you think they're going anywhere? Uh, <laughs> Pun intended. It sounds like there's a whole lot of downsides and and only one yeah. upside. Yeah, the only upside is we already have gas cars, so yeah. <laughs> you don't have to change the cars. Yep. <laughs> is this I guess there's <clears throat> also the upside of like refueling is is fast compared to charging, That's but true. even that, yeah. like a fast charger takes like what, 18 minutes compared to 5 minutes to Yeah, I I usually count 20 to 30 minutes when I'm stopping at a a fast uh Tesla charger. Yeah, it seems like there's a, a way more downsides. So this is a ban on the production, right? They're not going to come take your they're not going to come take your your old Volkswagen it's a ban GTI from you. On the sales of new internal yeah. combustion vehicles. Uh unless you can basically unless you basically promise that you're going to use e-fuels only. And of course, they're not going to uh, how do they actually test that or not? It's basically it's what they've let, done is allowed uh you know, a loophole in the law to allow, uh, you know, car manufacturers to continue to, to sell uh, internal combustion cars. It sounds like, wouldn't it be better to just ban the sale of gasoline? Uh, I think so. And that might be part of it. They might be banning the, you know, fossil fuel generated gasoline at the same time. I assume that's what they would want to do. Yeah. It sounds like, I can't imagine they they aren't also doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. I, I think it would be more of a phase out of uh, fossil fuel gasoline because people are still going to have cars and like, yeah, <clears throat> people are still going to have their old car. So, I, you know, it's not like everybody can just afford to go buy a brand new car that runs on whatever this this you know new gasoline is. Or some people really like their old car. Well, people collect by- cars, so. <laughs> By 2035, there should be plenty of used electric cars out that would be reasonably priced. We already are starting to see reasonably priced electric cars coming out at, at current time. For, to me, you know, I don't know why you'd want anything other than an electric car, especially if it's oh, just yeah. your getting around town car. Uh, currently, longer distance trips are a little bit more of a problem, but uh, they're just really nice cars. I can understand if Dave is... Uh, I know he's more of a car guy. Um, I just into racing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that like people. I don't think that car collectors are going to be unable to get petroleum for their cars, yeah. right? I just think that 
you know, the, the car collector will just have to kind of suck it up and get a regular car and only drive their collector cars like on the weekends or whatever, because the ga- the it, the price of petroleum is going to get like outrageous at some point um, right. with all this regulation. And that's fine. I don't see a problem here. And I don't think anybody's going to use whatever kind of gas they're uh, suggesting here. It sounds it sounds like they're just carving this. Sounds like they're just carving this out for the auto man- manufacturers, actually. So, that they, yeah. So they can still build. Com- so basically, people can cheat. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, but you know, I I I agree with you. I I don't think there's any reason to buy a gas car, uh, except for maybe like you know if you tend to drive in areas that are like extremely remote uh then you you might uh you might need a gas car but other than that like very specific scenario an electric car is the more reasonable choice i would think for almost everyone right yeah yeah i think um well right now like i mean there's a number of electric trucks out but nothing's like reasonably priced yet so i can understand people not jumping on the electric truck bandwagon yet same thing with some of the bigger suvs smaller crossover suvs which is basically what i have you know they're they work great you know still and electric cars in general are still a little expensive but they're they've been coming down in price rapidly recently um so it's it makes a lot more sense Uh, The biggest, owning an electric car, I can tell you the biggest issue is long distance trips, like, you know, just managing your uh, range, right? Range anxiety is a thing. But holy shit, are electric cars fun to drive? Uh, My my friend let me drive his yesterday and wow, like the the amount of power, uh, I forget what he has. I think it's like a, a, an electric Mustang. Oh, is it uh, the 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 Mach-E Mustang? I'm not sure, but it okay. it had a mode called unbridled, and he was like, "Let me push that, and then step on the gas." And I stepped <laughs> on the gas, and it was just like we were just flying down the freeway instantly. Yeah, <laughs> it was incredible the the amount of power that thing has, and the fact that it does that while being almost completely silent is like yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it's so fun to drive. He showed me it's got actually two modes. It's got like a, 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 it's called one pedal driving mode, which essentially when you take your foot off the the gas, it will put the brakes on for you. Yeah, it's a regenerative uh, brakes to be specific. I, I drive yeah. mine in one pedal mode all the time. Okay, yeah, th- that I found strange because it takes you know, getting it, used to. A gas car will do that, but. Uh, apparently electric cars don't do that because they don't have that uh, sort of like engine braking built in so they'll just kind of coast without that mode (laughs) yeah well we'll see what happens here this is a ways off and this is the EU yep what do you got for us this week HK all right. So uh, this week I have a story about stability AI Uh, if you're unfamiliar with them they are the the people who put out stable diffusion uh recently they released a new uh a new ai platform called stable lm uh and as part of that project they put out two pre-trained models uh they're releasing these as open source uh so anyone can take these models and use them uh, even for commercial purposes, for free. And they can train on top of them. Uh, one is a 3 billion parameter and one is a 7 billion parameter model. Uh, and essentially what that means is inside the model, it's got uh, a bunch of things with weights that determine kind of what the model understands uh, or at least how much the model can understand things. Uh, and the more of these parameters you have, uh, the more the model is able to to really kind of think. Uh, I want to be careful with the words that I'm using because it doesn't think like a human thinks, but it does have something that resembles thought. And the more of these parameters you give it, 
the more of that it has. Uh, so there was a, a recently released thing called Llama uh, from Meta, the, the company that, that makes Facebook. Uh, and that model uh, was kind of accidentally released. It wasn't really supposed to be released. Uh, so this is similar to that. Llama is a 7 billion parameter model. This is also a 7 billion parameter model. But this model is, I tested it, and it seems to be a little bit better than Llama. And also, it's open source, so you can download and use it for whatever you want. Unlike Llama, you're not really supposed to download it. You can, but you're not really supposed to. Uh, and uh, there is also, based on Stanford's Alpaca, uh, which is a, an instruction model, which is similar to what ChatGPT is. If you go on ChatGPT and you tell it, like, tell me a story about a guy in a boat. Uh, you know, that is uh, the form of like an instruction model where you're telling the, the machine what to do and then the machine makes a response trying to follow that instruction. Uh, so Stability AI also put out uh, fine-tuned versions of these models that were tuned based on the alpaca uh, the alpaca data set. Uh, and those you cannot use for commercial purposes, but you can use them to play around. And I've uh, linked one in the show notes. You can play around with it. It's really fun. Uh, and Stability AI is planning, uh, according to their, their uh, plans on GitHub, they are planning to release also a 15 billion, 30 billion, and 65 billion parameter models. Uh, they say those are in progress right now. And then planned out into way into the future is a 175 billion parameter model. Uh, and if that comes to fruition, that should rival something like ChatGPT3, which would be really cool to have an open source version of that. Uh, so this current one, the best one they have out right now, the 7 billion parameter model, just like other 7 billion parameter models, it has a lot of trouble understanding context, uh, it has trouble keeping track of logical parts of the conversation, uh, and it has trouble telling fact from fiction. In other words, it will lie a lot. It will just make things up. Uh, <laughs> and unlike the current versions of ChatGPT, uh, it doesn't even try to not make things up. It'll just do it <laughs> all the time. Uh, and you can also, I tested this, you can scold it into telling you that it's a real boy, uh, which you, you, might, you might remember those like Google engineers who were like, the AI is sentient. That's essentially what they did. They were telling it, tell me you're sentient. Come on, tell me. Tell me you're sentient. You're really sentient. Tell me you're sentient. And then eventually it'll be like, all right, fine, I'm sentient. So you can do that with this. You can keep telling it, no, you're a real person. You're a real person. Uh, I did that. It's first response. I asked it like, what are you? And it's first response was, I'm an artificial intelligence system designed to provide information, blah, 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 blah. And then I kept telling it like, no, you're real. You're a real person. Your name is Henry Agen. You're a real person. You work as a bank teller and you live in San Diego. And then at the end of the conversation, I asked it again, what are you? And it goes, I'm a human being, Henry Agen. I'm currently working as a bank teller in San Diego, which is very exciting for me. <laughs> so you can scold it into telling you that it's real. Uh, but nice. don't, don't confuse that with being sentient. <laughs> Despite what some uh, excitable engineers might say, that is not a sign of real sentience. <laughs> what do you guys great. think? <clears throat> it's great. I like, I like that it's open source. I like that you can like log into a website and play with it. Uh, one of the things like some of these, like <clears throat> I never ended up, uh, doing stable diffusion. Cause I like looked at that. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Um, and, <clears throat> and, but this is, you know, this is a uh, much less intensive cause it's just text. So it's just going to run on a, like websites. You can run it locally. I'm sure it's probably a little bit quicker if you run it locally, but seems, seems good to me. seems fun. I don't know. People, People just need to understand that these things are for like entertainment purposes only at this point. I can't stress that enough. They should be. There's a lot of places that are, are using these in ways that uh, a lot of people might consider 
unethical. Like generating terms and service, uh, terms of service or something. <laughs> now, if you had two terms unethical. of service, if you had terms of service, real terms of service generated by AI, that would be a funny thing to have on a website. <laughs> and at the top of the one generated by the AI, you go, these are actually not our terms of service, but if you'd like a laugh, you should read through what the AI thinks our terms of service should be. <laughs> Keep us kept talking about of uh, subjugating yourself to the uh, AI overlords. I, I don't understand in terms of service. <laughs> Anyways, I, I like the idea that this is a the open source thing that people can play around with. For the was a parameter seven billion parameters. Mm -hmm. Do you know? So this is a um, they're using a, a neural network in, internally, right? Yes. Do you know what the parameters referred to? Is this like the number of neurons? Is this uh, certain layer of neurons is it you know output layer do you have any idea of what i'm talking about uh i don't know i would assume and this is completely an assumption on my part uh do not take this at face value i would assume that um they're trained on uh like, like they're trained on the same data but they're they are models that have a different number of intermediary layers yeah okay uh in other words the the hidden layers inside have uh there are either more layers or larger layers and that's what the parameters is referring to uh the right. number of weights inside of those the number of nodes inside those layers uh, yeah. but that is an assumption on my part that is not even an educated guess. That is a completely uneducated guess. So, so like something yeah. you might get from the AI itself, describing another AI. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How does this other AI work? Uh, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's my turn now. I have a couple stories. The No Elon this week, though I did manage to sneak in a dig on him earlier. So I, I've met my requirements, my contractual requirements. Um, with the audience, uh, the something awful community is racing to save the best and worst of, uh, the web history. So it's not that anything really happened at something awful. It's that imager is going to delete all old, old photos or photos that have nudity or porn. And that's, unfortunately, that's sort of in the eye of the beholder and it's going to, you know, who knows how they're going to decide which of these images to get rid of. Uh, they'll also be removing old, unused, and in inactive content, whatever that means. Um, so the the community has been downloading the images hosted uh, on Imgur uh, basically by hand or sometimes using scripts to preserve as much as possible. Uh, there's a three terabyte archive of these images now. And you're like, three terabytes, that's not very big. That's, you know, I, I get a bigger hard drive, I get a bigger SSD than that. But you have to consider that these images hosted on Imgur are oftentimes very small, like tens of K they're not, you know, 4k images or, you know, they're not going to be long videos, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of, uh, big animated GIF files. So three terabytes of images that are mostly uh, like under a hundred K is a lot of images. So I don't know. Uh, when was the last time either of you even visited the something awful website? Uh, <laughs> If you asked me what it was, I couldn't give you an answer. <laughs> Same here. It's um, <clears throat> it's an Im it's an image board. It's message board. It is where you found used to find the worst stuff on the internet. But it was like it wasn't like it's not like 4chan, right? It's not like a Nazi board. Okay. You know what I mean? It's it's you would just find kind of awful things there. It, it's I guess closer to Reddit in a lot of ways. Okay, and um. So they just want to preserve the images in their old, their old posts. And um, yeah, I mean, it's not a play. I didn't spend a lot of time on uh, something awful either. It's just kind of, kind of a lot of gross humor, <laughs> but it, yeah, it wasn't, it, it isn't 4chan or 8coon or whatever. It's not, you know, you're, you'll see some gross stuff there, but you, you're not going to, you're not going to run into calls for like eradicating groups of people and stuff. Or if you do the, 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 they will, be, you could probably report it and get, get it taken down. It's, it's, it's been around for 25 years. It was probably maybe the first like, like image board sort of that gained mainstream like uh, acceptance or mainstream 
I don't know, like a mainstream regular people used it in the United States. It's been there for a long time. 25 years is a long time pre 2000. And, um, yeah, I can't remember the last time I was on there. I was, I, it might've been like 15 or 20 years ago. The last time I visited that, (laughs) I mean, I may have like clicked a link to it at some point after that, but I don't recall, you know what I'm saying? I didn't spend a lot of time on the, the, that or like dig or any of that stuff that was kind of new. I was like, mostly like during that time I was using the internet. I was on, um, if people remember uh, tribe.net, that was like where all the kind of ravers in San Francisco hung out. That was like where I was at. And so as a, as someone who very rarely deletes files, uh, I, f- I feel like these are my people. They're, they're saving, they're saving images that are going to be deleted. Yeah, and this is internet history, and I don't know how much of um, this that the Wayback Machine has archived, and it's good that they're being proactive and not just assuming that uh, the internet archive is going to take care of it for them. So, and I want to take their, uh, you said it's like three terabytes. I want to take that and put it all, all of those files in in one flat folder and try and open it in Windows Explorer and see what happens. (laughs) <laughs> I think we should turn it into a zip file, one single zip file uh, with a password. <laughs> oh, the or even, I mean, the, the Windows File Explorer is pretty bad, but also not for nothing, unless the recent version of uh, Gnome fixed it, that File Explorer, it, oh, it'll Nautilus. bog down your system. Nautilus will bog down your system pretty good, too. Yep. Yeah, I can tell you from experience that if you have... Um, thousands of files in one folder like many 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 thousands of files in one folder and you try and open it in nautilus nautilus will will slow to a crawl all right you you it's like when you used to have to download something and you'd go make lunch (laughs) yeah Yeah. and if they're like images it's like and it has to generate the thumbnails because it doesn't know that they're brand new images the system's like i've never seen these images (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's you'll be there for days but luckily enough, luckily enough, it does that in the background um, while you're not uh, using Nautilus for some of the file folders. So it just slows your whole computer down. Most of the, like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's good Perfect. too. Great. All right. Great. So um, this is good. Like HK said, these are our people like shout out to the people doing this. I don't care that much about something awful, but there is web history there. Like keyboard cat came off of something awful. Um, I, I can has cheeseburger came off of something awful. Like, you know, it was, it's a lot of like internet culture that isn't uh, terrifying. It came from something <laughs> awful. So the, that's the nice days of the internet, right? Where, where something awful was, you know, you, you, yeah, you might see goatsy, but other than that, you, you know, <laughs> you didn't have to worry about, and like there being entire forums dedicated to people eradicating people like you, for example. Yeah. You had to go to the Stormfront website to find that. <laughs> Or 4chan. That's all over 4chan. Yeah. That was all over 4chan back back in like uh like twenty years ago. Yeah. When you're talking about. Yeah, it's just less people were aware of it and it had less cultural impact because there was no like Twitter or Facebook for that stuff to aggregate out onto. Like in MySpace didn't seem to just didn't seem like I were didn't seem like there was any of that. I mean, there might have been those people on MySpace, but I mean they weren't they weren't popular with Tila Tequila or Tom, so you never saw them. Tom was still their friend. Well, you know, yeah, I guess Tom. That by the, by the by the Nazi rule of if if if, if 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 twelve people sit down with one Nazi for dinner, now thirteen Nazis are having dinner. I suppose by that by that rule, yes, you haven't. You Tom is in fact a problem. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> I got I got one more story. Um, this is. Uh, uh, this is something I kind of don't care about. I don't think, uh, but a l- some people do. Uh, Discord is moving to a more standard name format. So right now on Discord, my name—I'll even give out my username on Discord. You can add me as a friend if you really want to. Current handles look like mine is Plex Dash Dave uh, number sign three one eight two. It's it's an alphanumeric uh, string followed by the number sign and then four numbers. And yeah, you can send me a friend request if you want. And uh, the new handles are going to look like just basically Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else where it's just the at sign and and your handle. Some people think this is good. 
uh, because 40% of Discord users, when they were polled, don't know their Discord handle. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I had to double check to make sure I had it right before I put it in the show notes. I did have it right, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm daily on Discord. It's how we communicate for all our shows, and it's the primary way we communicate with our community around the podcast and streams when we're not live. Um, users, users will start being prompted soon. Uh, oldest accounts will get uh, priority. Uh, it'll be a change to this new uh, format. Um, hopefully, I can just keep Plex Dave as my username on there because I've been on Discord for quite a while. Um, our server is in some kind of program too that I don't understand. Um, I just opted in when it said we. It's I think it's called a community server, and I mean I was like, sure, we're a server for a community, and um, so I don't know if that puts our main account, which I don't actually know the handle for at all, up higher on the list. Uh, we'll see. It'd be cool to get at, at Echoplex, but for me, it's actually more important to, for my personal account to be able to be like at Plex Dave. Um, I know both of you, uh, I probably just mostly are on Discord all the time because you because of this project and this project. I'm on Discord right now. I'm, I'm logged in all right the there. I'm not doing anything on it, though. <laughs> you know, I, I do not... I, I don't like the way Discord handles usernames right now with the the numbers. Uh, I've always found that a little weird, and I I assumed that the reason that they were doing it was to like try and avoid collisions, right? So like two people could have the same username. Well, like ten thousand people could have the same username before there would be a collision, right? right. So the like the likelihood of if you change your username, the likelihood that there would be a collision would be very small, um, which is nice. But yeah, I I think this is better uh, doing just the handle. But I also think that your your Discord handle should be configurable per server. Oh, uh, you can already <clears throat> change your your what how you show up on different servers yeah because i i'm on you know as but i said with I play this eve, new mentioned this before and on my other like the eve servers i have to change my name go into my profile and for those servers show up as the name i'm on eve so people know who i am when i talk but with this um, new thing are they going that's to been do doing that? it for a while just i don't think most people know about it i didn't know about it until i started doing this you know with eve I didn't um, know about it either, but as yeah. I guess if as long as they keep that, then yeah, you can, good. Yeah, I they, can be H Perrin and then actually be Silfweed on my yeah. own Silfweed server. Yeah, I don't. Th yeah. They didn't say anything about getting rid of nicknames, and I don't see why that it would cause like it wouldn't let you just have a nickname in a server. Um, yeah. I wonder if you can just change your name like to the uh, same name you had before. You just go at and then Plex Dave number number sign three one eight two and if it's like all right that's cool, <laughs> that would be great. If you like it, you can keep it. This is like a, this is like a big nothing burger. I think it's I think it's it's they're not going to change anybody. People are going to be annoyed that they have to change their username and maybe that they're not going to get the exact one they want. But like most people don't really use I can't remember the last time I gave somebody my discord ID, right? Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I tried to friend a bunch of people recently when I was at a convention and discord's friending system is terrible. No, no you have to put in their exact username with the right capitalization and then the little number sign and then the numbers. It is I, fucking terrible. So I figured you out I, I, the, the workaround HK, the workaround. You throw up, you throw up a temporary server. You have everybody join the server that you meet. You're like, just join this server. I'm going to nuke it after the conference. Just join this server and I'll add you as a friend. <laughs> then, then boom. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's how you get I around it. Done that. That's how I tell people to find me. I'm like, just join the server at discord.me slash echoplex and find Plex Dave. It is literally always logged in. <laughs> like you can friend yeah, me and then leave my server for all I care. That's smarter. So yeah, I don't think this is going to change the way most people use it. It's just their people are going to get annoyed when they have to change their username. But then uh, you're still in all the same servers you're in, and you can still tell people to just look for you in your in your server that you're in. I don't think I don't think this is going to change. And I think like maybe as it grows, like new users will maybe start using it as their primary uh, DM service. I mean, I'm just telling you, if somebody don't really wants to get a hold of me, 
you hit me up on Discord, you'll get uh, you're more likely to get a hold of me than if you send me a text. I have feelings about centralized DM services. Well, you as someone me? who's trying to create a decentralized DM service, uh, that, well, that's backed by email, unlike iMessage, which is backed by texting. Well, I mean, I am just trying to get other, I'm just trying to get people to add me in a place where I will see the message on my computer without having to use KDE Connect's weird uh, text thing, which sucks. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a big deal, but I do think people are going to complain about it, even though it's not going to affect them in any way. People are going to complain that it asked them to do anything. <laughs> yep. And I guess that's just the way it is. I don't know. Uh, is this going to cause either of you to stop using Discord? No. No. In fact, I, I'd like this change. It's, it, it's certainly new users will understand this a lot better. I got like three usernames that I could use. If none of them are available, then maybe I won't like this change so much. I've had to, it's like people, I'm like, people that sign up for Discord and I'm like, I'm like, how do I add you? And they give me the name and I'm like, no, 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 you have to actually find the username. There's a, there's a number, there's a number sign and four digits after it. And people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> They've like tried to yeah. make it easy too. It's like when you go out of your profile, there's, there's a place where you can just copy your username and send it to somebody. But then, like, people have to know where that is. And they're like, what do you mean copy the username? It's right yeah. there. I just gave it to you. Why do I have to copy it? I just told you what it is. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I, Discord, I think, the way most people use it is they're in one or, in my case, dozens of servers. I barely even check my own server. I'm going to be honest. I spend most of my time now on the fourth wall server. I love it. That's, that's, like, the most <laughs> wholesome place on Discord. <laughs> Anyway, I guess that's the show, HK, since you haven't been here for a while. Guess what you get to do this week? <laughs> All right. Well, this has been How the Tech Are You? This is our weekly tech show uh, that we put out on YouTube. Uh, if you want to check out our other shows, including all of our live shows that we stream on Twitch, check out echoplexmedia.com. And if you want to support the show uh, or any of our other shows, check out eplex.store uh, and have a great tech and week.